0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode on the counterpoint podcast. We are here with Satya again in our fourth episode on thinking processes. So hi Satya, welcome to the counterpoint podcast once again. Hi Subham, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? All great. Got vaccinated? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. It's lovely. All right. So uh, Satya, the approach that you laid out uh, in the you know previous episodes is on how to use logic or a rational thinking to decipher new insights about an environment, right? But anyone can build a logical reasoning process, right? Based on, based on their own point of view, like we discussed briefly in a previous episode as well. Now with different logical constructs, how does
1: one reach a common conclusion? Okay, Subham, if you see the word causality or the concept of causality, I believe is not very well understood. Okay. Now let me, um. Ask you a question. Suppose you are having a headache. Okay. And you took a medicine and uh, the headache is now gone. Now, can you say that the medicine cured the headache? Yeah. Before the medicine, there was a headache. I took the medicine and after that, the headache was gone. So, the headache actually was cured by the medicine. The medicine was the causality is how a commoner would think. But if you ask a man of science, they they would say, no, this is not enough. Maybe the body cured itself. You just happened to take the medicine at that time. Okay. Yeah. You know, the body has curative uh, abilities, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So how can you be so sure that the medicine caused the headache to go away?
0: Yeah. Okay. I can't be.
1: You can only be sure if you know a counterfactual scenario, which is what would have happened if I had not taken the medicine? Now that's a counterfactual that that doesn't exist. You have already taken the medicine, okay? See, this is the problem uh, with uh, with causality. It, it's not as easy as uh, a layman um, builds causality. If you, if you look at a rigor, we need to find out what is the real reason, and it's not as easy, right? For example, um, did the advertisement lead to increase in sales?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a debate I would. Agree. It's, it's a long debate. Yeah, you can't you can't say for certain.
1: You can't say for sure, and it's it's a difficult uh, difficult one. As somebody would say, the sales would have gone up anyways, right?
0: Yeah, our product was too good. Yeah, we were at the right place at the
1: right time. Yeah, correct. So, did the medicine cure? Did advertisement lead to increase in sales? The reason for high employee attrition. Hmm. Yeah, many reasons all over the place uh, contradicting each other. Somebody saying that. You know, our uh, employees are not getting a good salary. Somebody is saying, no, no, that's not the real reason. It's the stress in the work environment, right? And it could be all over the place, right? And you'd agree that establishing causality is is very important for managers if you want to solve problems, right? Otherwise, we'll just, you know, take a medicine without knowing whether it really works or not, okay? So we need to have a rigor, okay, in in thinking to establish causality.
0: Yeah. So can we look at some rules that we can follow here? How to
1: build that trigger? Yeah. Before that, I just want to highlight one important handicap in statistics. Right. A lot of people say that, you know, can't we do number crunching and establish causality? It's very important to understand that there is no mathematical operator, right? There's no mathematical operator in statistics, which depicts uh, causality. We We can depict correlations, right? For example, we can say A is associated with B. Hmm. Okay, suppose if two variables show very high correlation, right? It does not mean that they are causally linked with each other.
0: Yeah, I remember funny correlations like, you know, volume of chocolate eating done in a country is correlated with the number of Nobel Prize winners. (laughs) I remember reading news items like, you know, universal healthcare breeds terrorists. Living next, freeways causes autism. So there are accidental associations falsely presented as causality, I think. And I understand what you're saying. Establishing causality directly from data of two sets of variables is just impossible.
1: We can probably only detect associations, right? Causality needs a rigor in thinking first, right? Data crunching can come later, but rigor in thinking comes first. Okay. And that's why there is a set of rules. Okay? Okay. So let's let's look at these uh, set of rules. Uh, there are three levels of checks that we need to do right and um, these are checks around a statement right of a statement of causality is a is because of b right these are statements right a is because of b these kind of things we we say right the sales are down why because uh, quality of my products is low right so a is because of b now when these statements come in we need to be very clear that we are communicating what is there in our mind first. Whatever statement we are making, are we communicating what is there in our mind? It's a very simple level of check. The other level of checks are, have biases creeped in, in our, in our understanding of uh, causality. Is this something that I'm saying without uh, any basis? Is the, is the logic presented sound or valid? So the first check is a very basic check, which is about seeking clarity. Okay. Okay. Let me give you an example. I make a statement. And a statement goes like this. We are not very customer oriented. Okay. Now tell me, what what do you understand from this?
0: I don't understand the customer. I don't understand uh, what their requirements are.
1: Look, these entire word, the entire word could mean anything to anyone. Like somebody says we are not customer oriented because, you know, the last time customer called up, somebody didn't talk properly. Okay. And then he says, you know, custom orientation all about the way we verbally interact with our customers. Somebody, you know, didn't reply email properly. Now for another person, customer orientation means, you know, what our processes, you know, don't deliver customer satisfaction. For example, you know, there are a lot of returns that are coming in. It's nothing to do with how I talk or anything. It's to do with returns that are coming in. Right. And, and, and the way I service those returns, right. It, it shows that we are not customer oriented. The point here is that the word could mean anything to anyone. Right. For example, I'll, I'll, I'll take another one. Our employees are not very passionate. What does that really mean? What do you mean by passion?
0: Now that's subjective. Obviously, what the company is trying to achieve from the employees and what the employees are doing themselves, there's not a coherence in that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there could be multiple things,
1: you know, what do you mean by passion? Right. Or oh, let me make it a little simple one. Our inventory is high. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, we have more than that is needed at the point at our warehouses. Could be our inventory is high. Yeah.
1: But uh, are you sure which inventory I'm talking about?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it's very, very important that we see clarity. See, unlike science where every word is precisely defined. For example, the word atomic weight is very precisely defined. A Russian would reach the same conclusion as an Indian would reach the same conclusion. An American would reach the same conclusion. And when they use the word, our atomic weight, or or what is an electron, right? It is so precisely defined. People understand what it is and what it is not very clearly. But various terms of management, the way it is used in in, in day-to-day language, is not very well defined. Hmm. It could mean I I have a definition which is very broad. For example, you know, employees are not passionate. I could I could have so many other things that is there in our mind and when I say that, you could have a, a different set of meanings for that word and we are not communicating with each other. Even a simple statement like, you know, our inventory is high. It's very important to understand which inventory are you talking about? Is it the work in progress? Is it the WIP? Is it the RM? Are you excluding uh, the inventory which is written off from the books or are you also including that? Right? We need to first agree on what is the definition of the terms that you are using so that you and I reach the same conclusion, right? Before we start even evaluating causality, let's understand that the, the key words that you are using in your sentence, I need to understand what is the definition that you are using, right? I'm fine with that. I just want to understand so that when I receive it as, as a recipient, I also use the same definition, not something else. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's what clarity is all about.
0: In fact, I remember uh, an interesting one, I had a discussion internally, our market share is down. Hmm. Now, what is market share? There could be different definitions of market share for everyone in the company, for the same brand, for the same product.
1: Even, Even the size of the market. In fact, somebody would be defining a market saying that, you know, this is the total sales of the entire competition that I think is the competition, right? And out of that, my sales is so much. So hence my share is this much, right? And somebody would say, you know what, why did you take out the unorganized segment? Right? That is also our market. Right? (laughs) So, you define it in a different way. So, it's very, very important that when words are being spoken or written, we need to precisely define for that moment of conversation. Right? Because we don't have a standard definition like in science which is set forever. We can agree uh, with each other what are the definitions that we are using. The first level of check. Basic checks. And The second check is if there is any evaluation in that statement, right? For example, I said, our inventory is high. Now, what do you mean by high? What are you comparing it with? Hmm. Are you comparing it with, with, with last year, last month? What, what are what is your benchmark? It's very abstract. Yeah. You need to tell me what is high. Okay. And the next check is, you know, I agree that it is high. It's uh, you know, I understand what is inventory. But I also need to understand where have you collected the data from? Is it a sample? Is it from our ERP records? Is it from the Excel sheets, right? Many times, uh, you know, the data is from two, three different places and you need to find out where it has come from, right? These are the very basic checks before you even look at the the causality and and a deeper level of checks, right?
0: Yeah. My black is different
1: than your black. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's very important that we reach a common uh, understanding. The next right. check is, um, okay, I understand uh, what you're saying. I understand if there is an evaluation criteria. I also understand that we reach a common understanding. But I seriously doubt whether what you said really exists. I'll tell you a very interesting case. Yeah. There was a statement made by one of the person in a client organization, it's a manager in the client's organization. And he was saying, you know what, we have shortage of workers in the factory. Okay. Okay. You know, somebody can ask what is shortage? What is workers? What is factory? Yeah, you don't have to go to that detail. But yes, there's a shortage of workers in the factory. We understand what he's talking about. But the immediate thing that came in from the CEO, no way. It is impossible that you have shortage of workers in the factory. That means what? He is doubting the existence of the entity. Hmm. The entity is what? The entity is that there is shortage of workers in the factory, the statement. That's what I'm calling as an entity. And he he has a serious doubt on it. And that can happen. For example, somebody says my on-time delivery is uh, low. Who said our on-time delivery is low? Our on-time delivery is high. Okay. So the next check after clarity check is reach a common understanding about the existence of the entity. Now, how do you go about doing it?
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah.
1: There is one check that you can do is um, you can actually get data in some cases. For example, in this case, uh, what we understood that the CEO was always looking at a holistic data of all workers across all factories. He never had an intuition of the workers which are there in the specific factory. And the manager out there had an intuition that it is a shortage. Why? Because he, he was facing the crunch almost every day. He could. You could hear those complaints, right? So here, if you find out, okay, there are the, your working norms, tell us what is your working norms, and let's compare where we stand against the working norms. So that kind of a data can clearly bring about clarity on the entity existence, right that yes, this exists. This is the second check, right? But many times the data is not available. For example, uh, in this case, let's let's assume that there is no such well-defined norms right for us to compare and announce that there is a shortage of workers. So can you tell me what do we do now? He's saying that there is a shortage of uh, workers in the factory. There are no well-defined norms. Or let's say the norms were defined, you know, five, six years back. The CEO says that these norms are, uh, you know, as per the automation that I have done, these norms are okay, right? It, It need not be revised, right? On the contrary, the norms have to be reduced. So I believe the workers that you have is okay. And the poor guy is saying, no, the workers, uh, I have a shortage of workers. The CEO is saying, no, no, you have enough workers. How do we sort it out? Now the data is not there. The norms are not there. I have the number of workers, but I don't have a benchmark to compare it to.
0: Probably I, I go back as in, I reverse the tables and I say, let's consider one where we do have a shortage and then we'll see what happens due to shortage of workers.
1: Correct. So what do we do is we apply predicted effect.
0: We discussed that in our previous episodes
1: for all our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And he- here the predicted effect could be, you know, guys, can we check the overtime? Can we check the overtime uh, that this plant is doing, right? Is it uh, overtime as a percentage of uh, total number of workers, right? If we find out one well, of uh, 70% of the workers are doing overtime more than eight hours, it does talk about, you know, that the, there is a problem there, okay? So entity existence can be checked with uh, the with data, okay? With intuition of managers, affected managers, if you believe them, right? And with uh, some kind of a predicted effect checks. Okay. Okay. So these are these are basic checks. First is what we said is clarity checks. Let's understand what we are talking about. The second check is, does the entity exist? So this is what I call as level one checks, right? By the way, nobody does this kind of a checks in, in in meetings. You'd say people immediately react. Reach conclusions. Reach conclusion, fight. Provide your counterpoint. Many times it makes sense just to, you know, try to say, boss, let me understand what you're talking about. And then say, seek clarity. And if you doubt the entity existence, ask those uh, deeper questions, uh, predicted effect, or ask for, uh, for data before you start getting into the next level of checks. The next level of checks are the difficult ones where now the logical construct of A causing B is being presented. And now I want to check that, okay? Now, what I want to check is what we call as the causality existence. Here, I agree with you that A exists. I agree with you B exists. Okay. But I disagree that A is causing B, which is called I doubt the existence of the cause itself. For example, you say that um, our sales is down because a sales team is demotivated. Okay. I I agree the sales team is demotivated. Because the last employee survey said that employee sales team is demotivated. I agree to that. I also agree to the fact the sales is down. But I, right. I refuse to believe that this demotivation is leading to uh, the sales being down. They might be correlated, by the way. Okay. They might be correlated in the sense that if I collect the data of, uh, you know, sales team demotivation, since when did it kick in and, and I look at my sales, they might be correlated. Okay, but they may not be cause and effect. I have a serious doubt that the demotivation of the sales team is the cause for the sales being down. Hmm.
0: So important to note here is that correlation and one leading to another is also different.
1: Yeah, yeah. correlation is not causation. You can, you can hit, hit it down the, you know, down your head. That's something that we need to keep on saying to ourselves that, uh, you know, just because the um, the rooster crews and then the sun rises, right? Yeah. Does not mean <laughs> that the Lovely. you know the rooster causes the causes the sun, sun to rise. Sun to rise, yeah, yeah obviously. So yeah. so you know, this is a very naive example where we know it's obvious. But in many cases it's not obvious, right? If somebody is presenting to you a data of, you know, look at the correlation. The sales team demotivation, it kicked in, you know, around this time. And I saw the sales number going down this time. And you are saying Wow, I have proven to you that uh, sales is down. Why? Because the sales team is demotivated. No, there is just correlations. It could be correlations. Okay. It could be the fact that actually the common cause for both is quality of the product. Because the quality is is bad, the sales uh, is down and the sales team is demotivated. Why? Because when they try to go to the customer to sell, the customer gives it back to them. Yeah. So so they don't like those uh, conversations with the customer. So it is not that one led to the other. It is the common cause called quality problem, which is causing the sales demotivation and which is causing the sales to be down. Okay.
0: But Sada, there could be problems very, very subtle, right? As well, which we can't, we can't find, you know, the quality of a product is very, very easily perceivable, understandable. Yeah. But there could be something which is not so easy to understand and perceive.
1: Yes. It's actually, you know, many cases there are. It is not that people are people do not know. They have a point of view which is varying. In an organization situation, you would never find a manager saying, you know, I don't know. Hmm, Everybody yeah, has a point of view, which is, by the way, is a is a is a good um, ingredient for further analysis. So I am saying, you no, know, it's it's the quality, right? And you are saying, no, boss, it's not the quality. It is sales is down because the sales team is demotivated. And I am saying, know what? quality is the common variable it is so called the confounding variable the the hidden variable which is impacting the dependent and the independent variable right and that's that's the main one now what we can do is we can look at uh, you know control groups in data sets and trying to find out understand uh, you know let's let's take a case where uh, quality problem is not there right let's see what is happening right we can uh, we can do some kind of a either simulation ex- kind simulation of a simulation or, or a data crunching and, and look at a lot of observational data and, and, and look at uh, comparisons to arrive at is this the causality, right? So that's, that's very, very important. And um, and many times, so uh, making
0: those causality trees, like we said in the last point, also turning it around and looking at that might really help at every point.
1: Yeah. So the argument is like, if two people are are uh, you make a causality tree, right? You say that A causes B in terms of a graphical diagram. You make it right, and somebody else makes something else, right? And there are there are two ways of uh, of of checking it, right? One is you try to say that okay, I agree A is there, I agree B is there, but I I doubt that, you know, that arrow mark that you have led. I, I, I doubt that causality. I doubt that because you are making. The, the phrase because is what I am I'm debating against, right? Now, if you have such a thing, right, you, you, you can do these kind of control group uh, checks, right? For example, if somebody says, you know, our, our sales is down because, um, you know, our, uh, our sales people are not getting enough salaries and hence they are demotivated and hence sales, the sales is down, right? I can now uh, look at the company's data, slice it down across various geographies and then look at all those cases where, you know, the sales are up. Okay. And now we need to find out what has happened. Let's say we we look at the data of Eastern India, the sales are up. Okay. And the salaries are same. Okay. Then you start saying that was whatever causality that you have built, that's not correct. Because the entire Eastern India, the sales is up. Yes, Western India, the sales are down drastically. But in Eastern India, the sales are up, you know, the salaries are almost the same. So, why why that should be an issue, right? Then, yes, there could be a f- further count. And then in Eastern India, our salary is competitive and, and so on and so forth. So, you further slice and see. So, that's the kind of, um, you know, the argumentation that can happen.
0: The depth that you should go to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And many times you can, you can do experiment. If you have a doubt on causality, the best thing is, you know, the experiment. But in management, many times we look at a past of something that has happened, okay? And, and then we try to try to explain. And that's why a control group is very, very important. You know, control group and establishing that control group through slicing the data around, uh, you know, smaller, uh, smaller subsets out of the global subset and seeing what is happening there. You can, you can establish that, yes, this is the cause. Okay. The next one is that... Let's say the causality also exists. Causality also exists. He said, I agree that this is the cause, but I also think that there is an additional cause. For example, the sales went up, okay? And you can say the sales went up, you know why? Because the scheme was great. I launched a scheme and that's how the sales went up. Now, I would say, you know what, I agree. The sales scheme, the scheme was really great. It caused the sales to go up. But I think there is also a normal market growth that has happened in your case, okay? The normal economic growth that has happened. That is also an additional cause. Yeah right so that additive cause is also a reason or he might say you know what while you launch the scheme I have given you the best sales manager for this territory he also contributed something right and that cannot be taken out right so you need yeah, to Yeah,
0: generally generally do not give leverage or importance to other factors yeah especially so we, in these yeah, cases.
1: so we need to find out now there is a there is a warning here when you look at other factors you need to take out the noise level factor, right? Something which is in the realm of noise, just just ignore them. Otherwise, you know, you you have to put in countless variables there. So, you need to have a sense of what is noise and ignore them. And and that's how the additional cause also comes in. And if you have a doubt or a debate on the additional cause, again, some kind of a control group checks, crunching of data, saying that, okay, if if this additional cause has, you know, done sales here, then look at uh, another region where that additional cause was not there. Okay? So, let's see what has happened there. So, this is About, you know, the causal entity was there or causal entity was not there. So you need to make these kind of checks. As I said in the initial example, what would have happened if this was not there? And that's a very important question to be asked. Right. And that is why, you know, in in medicine, they do the randomized control trial. Right. What would have happened if you had not taken the medicine is established at a group level by having a control group who is not given that medicine. Right. And that is how they establish that. Yes, the medicine is actually causing the cure. Because you need to compare with a counterfactual scenario. And and the golden rule is all factors must remain the same. So if if there are old people here, there should be old people there, right? If, uh, you know, age is a uh, confounding variable, which means that age can impact the level of cure. So both the groups should have the equal representation of uh, age groups. And that is how those rules are put in, right? So we need to, you know, do these kind of checks. After the event has happened, I think we we would have enough data points to look into the past, to look at smaller subset, geography-wise, you know, of a past period and do these kind of checks. That, you know, if you're claiming the cause is there and if it is there, what happens when the cause is not there? The effect should not be there, right? Correct. And that is how causality is established, right? The same check is there for the additional cause. So this is the level two checks that is done. So, uh, Satya, before we go ahead, you know,
0: could you answer one thing is looking at control groups, the only method to establish causality?
1: Yeah, Subham. So yeah, control group is, um, not the only method. So there are three scenarios that we have to look for and, and there are different approaches. So for example, uh, in one scenario, you are seeing an effect. Okay. And there are potential causal candidates in that case. And you want to find out which one is the real cause now you need to do some kind of a retrospective control group analysis and that method, maybe we'll spend some time in some other podcast to do that. The second scenario is you have an idea. When I say an idea, you have a idea of a cause which is bound to produce an effect, right? Many times our ideas of that form that I I can do this and it will lead to that, right? And if that effect is an outrageous one, for example, it is something beyond the ordinary and if that effect actually materializes in an experiment, then you can say that your causal analysis is correct and in that case you don't need a control group. So you know many many theories of science are using this method like for example if you look at uh, theory of evolution, it has an outrageous claim and that outrageous claim is that if you look at any species now and you go back, let's say, you know, millions of years back, you will not find a single fossil, a fossil which represents the current species, right? So if, if you detect any one of them, then uh, the theory stands falsified. And similarly, we, in TOC, we have this uh, drum buffer rope methodology, and it predicts that when you implement the first step of choking the release, your WIP should come down by nearly 40-50%. Now, which is out of the ordinary, right? So when that happens, then your cause is established. The cause and effect relationship is established. Now there is a third case where you have an idea, which is the cause and then it's likely to create an effect, but you know that the effect may not be out of the ordinary in the sense that there'll be a lot of interfering variables that you cannot isolate. See, many times it's very difficult to isolate the interfering uh, variables. Right. And then like, for example, we do something in marketing, it's very difficult to isolate what competition is doing and it can have a a severe impact on your on your results. Now, in such a scenario, you need to uh, design experiment with a control group as your reference point. And in fact, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, new age companies like Amazon and all do what is known as the A-B testing. Right. And they use that method, which is nothing but a comparison with another group. And, and that is how they establish the causality. So these are the three scenarios in which uh, different methods are used for establishing the causality. Oh, great. So,
0: uh, well, before we go ahead, uh, for all the listeners, uh, Satya mentioned about the drum buffer rope solution that TOC and you know, Vector has implemented for years. We're going to talk about that in detail in one of the upcoming episodes. So, so stay tuned for that. So Satya, uh, can we look at the third aspect of the third, uh, you know,
1: level of check. So, level one checks are, uh, just to repeat, is uh, you know, clarity, entity existence. Uh, Level two checks are the difficult ones, which we are establishing the causality existence. Does it really exist? And uh, additional cause, right? Right. The level three checks is is, uh, more about a, a theoretical explanation, right? So, you say that My scheme has led to increase in sales. Okay. And you understand what is scheme, what is sales and you understand that yes, it has caused it. But you need to establish why do I claim, what is the theoretical explanation that the scheme will lead to an increase in sales. Right. What is there in the scheme that people would be motivated and why do you claim that people will be motivated? Right
0: my my channel partners my regional my retailers want more money want to make more money
1: correct you need to put in there that you know my scheme allows them to earn more okay now that that reasoning has to be also put in place that reasoning also has to be well defined made very very clear you can say okay the scheme has led to this okay i agree all that but what is your explanation you have to say you know what my scheme has these features which enables my dealer to make more money and I also claim that no other scheme is as powerful as this scheme. Right? And why do I say so? Right? So, I should write down as my explanations, my theoretical explanations, my conceptual explanations as to why I claim that A led to B is because of this, uh, you know, theoretical construct that I have So, that's the, level three checks and that's very important to do this level three checks. Once you have done all this, right, you have got your basic checks of uh, cause and effect with you. Now you are ready to use the various uh, tools of TOC.
0: So Sadeer, how can managers use these basic checks practically in their day to
1: day life? Every manager can apply these basic checks. While having a discussion, okay. While having a discussion, so that meetings would be more meaningful. Meetings uh, there won't be endless debates in meetings, right? Meetings will get become conclusive, or at least they will conclude that we don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big conclusion to reach.
1: Yeah, it's a big conclusion that you know we don't know. Let's let's go to back and check. that we don't know yeah. what's happening in the market. Other than a meeting, uh, you know, uh, people shouting at each other or debating with each other, and the time goes up, and people go back with their own opinions. Yeah,
0: they
1: do, they don't change. They start start of the meeting they had opinion A, end of the meeting they hold on to that opinion, right? Despite having various uh, discussions that are happening. So, so managers need to learn this um, uh, what we call as the categories of legitimate reservation, right? right. And and if you apply this as a default mode in various meetings, I believe that the meetings would be more meaningful.
0: Great, this is uh, this is wonderful, Satya. For all the listeners, once again, the categories of legitimate reservation is something uh, under the TOC philosophy or the thinking processes philosophy, which helps you understand if the problem exists and if you have a clear understanding of the problem and the causality as to what is really causing that problem to happen. So, uh, Satya, uh, once you've done this, uh, we would now move to the solutions or the tools that we can use to solve these or uh, look at these at a much deeper level. But I think uh, given the time here, we'll come back in the next episode and uh, try to try to look at some of the tools. Great. So thanks a lot, Satya, for your time. And thank you to all the listeners for such great response. We've been receiving a lot of messages and emails from you. In case you have any doubts or concerns about the topic today, or if you want to know any more details you can write to us on our social media handles or you can also write to us through our website the link is in the details until next time bye bye this is Shubham signing out